yes, it's Thursday, and I've decided to do a podcast anyway. But since there hasn't really been much to talk about, let's talk about the debate that I had this past weekend with a BLM BLM activist. This is going to be a fun one. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Now, not only do I usually not do Thursday podcasts, I'm going to do a Thursday podcast, and it might actually be longer because I thought the debate I had this weekend was delicious, and I just didn't I didn't want to skip it. I really wanted to talk about it. Now, I was going to talk about it on Saturday, but I decided, nah, we got time. Josie's not here. She slept all day. She's finally knocked out and way tired. So I decided, let's let's get into it today. Now, the first thing I want to say is I normally don't de- debate people at family events. I don't. I never have. I just, I refuse to do it. I try and keep my politics to myself. I simply, simply to avoid hurt feelings. I, I don't want anyone really upset with me. And especially since most of the time I kick ass at debates. Um, but I, but That doesn't mean that uh, I will shy away from a debate. If someone says something stupid and they give their opinion, I may agree with the statement and just let it go, or I may say, no, I disagree. Most of the time, if I do disagree, it's something as simple as, nope, you're wrong, or nope, that's wrong. Now, notice something here. This is one thing I do with debating. I, I don't say you. For example, I, I don't say, nope, you're wrong. I, I, don't, I never say that. I learned that in marriage. Don't say that. Because when you start saying that, you, you're, it, it almost sounds accus- accusatory. And I, I don't want to do that. So when someone says something like that, I'll say, nope, that's wrong. And I'll move on. If the guy wants to continue the debate, he can. If not, he'll back off. That brings up the debate I had this weekend with one of Josie's cousins. Now, I had to really tread carefully here because this cousin, I did not, I, 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 though I didn't start the debate, this cousin I didn't know, okay? We had talked only once before, and we had had another debate, and this was a quinceanera, so it was actually a birthday party, and I know we were sitting with other family members that I didn't really know. And I thought to myself, you know, I, I'll, I'll say, no, I disagree with you and let him see where it's going to go. Now, the last time we did debate, um, let's call this guy Ralph. I, 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 it didn't go well for him, even though I had a bit too much to drink and was probably a little off. This time it was going to be very bad for him because I was the designated driver that night. You know, don't forget, Josie's Josie's sister had just died, so I decided to let her get wasted. I'll stay sober. And I, I did not want, and I was really sharp, and I was looking for something to take the place of alcohol. And water wasn't doing it. We were at a party. Water wasn't doing it. And he decided to go off on this whole tangent. Now, let's remember, he started the debate. I did not. No matter how pissed off everyone was at me, I had nothing to do with it. So, let's give a little bit about Ralph. And that's not his name. That's not true. It could be his name. I have no idea. I don't really know his name. I swear to God, I met the guy last party, which was two weeks before. So, I, I, I don't know what this guy's name is, but I'm pretty sure it's not Ralph. He's a black guy. He's a professional. He earns great money. Quite intelligence. He speak quite intelligent. He speaks well, uh, though he's very light on facts. So he he says a lot of things and he doesn't back that stuff up. He understands the concepts that he believes in. He understands the theory he believes in. But how those concepts and how that philosophy would actually work with the world, he has no idea. Right off the bat, you can see that this is going to be a big deal because this guy understands things, but he really doesn't understand things enough to know how they apply in the real world. And that's dangerous for someone who's debating like that because they 
typically can get blindsided without any facts, just reality, just uh, philosophy and logic. And a lot of the a lot of the things that I did this time is just use logic. I didn't even need to use facts. As a matter of fact, facts were not really even a thing in this guy's purview. So statistics and facts and things like that. Now, as far as his political stance go, he is a BLM Marxist. He hates capitalism. He thinks all white people are inherently racist. And he thinks all white people are responsible for slavery and all the bad things that happen to all black people in the world across all time. He believes so he believes in socialism and he believes it will create equity and equality. Now, needless to say, and basically that's how we really kind of started. He started attacking capitalism, and I was just like, no, you're wrong. No, I'm sorry. No, that's wrong. There was another guy that was with us, a Hispanic guy, and he seems rather a moderate politically. Let's call him Jose. Uh, he's left-leaning, but far from a leftist. I'd say he's moderate that leans left. Probably more of the classical liberal. He did argue with me more than with Ralph. He did, but he also had a lot of questions. He really didn't argue until the very end when we talked about America and whether America is truly evil or not. But he asked a lot of questions. He seemed comfortable with um, the fact that he did not know everything. And he seemed to be searching for answers. As a matter of fact, at the end of the debate, Jose basically told me, I just wanted to learn something. I learned quite a bit. So how did the debate start? Of course, capitalism. And from there, we talked about capitalism, socialism, and equity. Though equity we barely touched, equity actually came more in the term of race. So let's talk about how this this goes. Now, mind you, when you when you debate someone like this, it never starts clean. It's always we kind of lean into something. We start and we started completely with capitalism, and then it just kind of explodes into race, into intersectionality. We went into we went into history. We went into um, intersectionality. It it really did fly in a lot of different directions. But first, it went straight into capitalism. Capitalism, And the one thing is, Ralph hates capitalism. He doesn't really have any plans for something better than capitalism. He just hates capitalism. He says the country would be, is not equitable because of capitalism. Because there's no equity, there can be no quality because of capitalism. And he believed that socialism could actually lead to a more equitable, equal country. Now, again, let's understand the difference. Equity means everybody is exactly the same. Socialism does make everyone the same, but not exactly in the way I think he thinks it does. And equality? Well, we're not equal. People are not equal. Blacks, whites, Hispanics, Asians. We're not equal. And we should stop trying to, what we need to worry about is equality under the law. Equality under the system. And that's something I really wanted to push. Now, what's surprising is that Ralph never really bought up, brought up equality. He didn't really fight for equality. But here's the thing. I decided let's, let's keep it, let's, let's not get too bizarre as far as um, equality and equity and things like that. Let's just go for a proof that capitalism rocks and socialism sucks. Equity, I hit on later when it came to race. And I, I got to tell you, when we started talking about race, this was without, without a doubt one of the dumbest arguments I had ever heard in my life about equity and race. Now, I do want to point something out that um, Ralph didn't say that. And we'll get to it when we get to it. But it was really a dumb comment. And it really is scary that people actually believe in what they believe in 
based on such stupid beliefs. Now, the first thing I did is I said everything he has, his cell phone, his car, his flight, uh, flight, space travel, homes, TVs, cable, computers, was invented under capitalism. Nothing was invented under socialism. Socialism creates nothing. It must gain its technology from capitalism. Now, we landed a human being on the moon back in the 1969. He brought up, well, wait a minute. Uh, yeah, but the government built the ship. I said, no, the government paid for the ship. It was private industry that built the parts for the ships. Don't forget, the United States government never really built anything when it came to the NASA program. Everything was done by Northrop or Boeing or other smaller companies. They built the ship. The government just paid for it. And the government did a piss-poor job. I even brought up the fact that, you know, two of those ships basically failed. The space shuttle program was an absolute disaster. It was because the government ran it. And I told him one of the first things he needs to remember is the government sucks at absolutely everything, including hiring private industry to build spacecraft. And I told him, look at, um, I, I said, everything has been an absolute disaster with the United States since they landed on the moon in the 60s. The space shuttle program never accomplished what it was supposed to accomplish. And then we basically gave up on NASA. And I said, by the way, what did socialism ever do? The Soviet Union never made it to the moon. They did do, theoretically, because we don't know if they actually did this, they did do a lap around the moon. They never landed on the moon. They never landed a lander on the moon. China never landed on the moon till about five years ago when they landed a lander on the moon. Again, no human beings actually landed on the moon. China just landed on Mars. Now, that may sound like, well, yeah, but we have landers on Mars. Yeah, we also have a ship that took pictures of Pluto. You think China is anywhere near that? As a matter of fact, where did China get that technology? Well, that's the thing. The China got the technology from the United States. They basically stole it. The Soviet Union did the same thing, both socialist countries. And I'll go a step further. Other technology that the socialist countries stole, they've jacked up. Look at Chernobyl. One of the, probably the worst, the worst nuclear reactor disaster in all of history was based on technology that the United States had. Uh, by the way, and a, te a technology that the United States rejected when it comes to uh, nuclear reactors. And that technology blew up. Don't forget, Chernobyl, the complete building of Chernobyl was based on data, was based on plans that the United States initially built and then they realized that, oh, we're not going to use this because it's dangerous. And then the Soviet Union stole it from the United States. Not a conspiracy theory. Stole it from the United States and built it. They had the option to use a type of technology that would have been better. And it failed. It failed. And it blew up. Why did they use it? It was cheaper. Now, socialism... Even before Marx had been around. Socialism's been around since the 16th century. It's been around. When you hear about someone going to a um, commune, that's a socialist idea. It was Marx that actually put it on paper and thought entire governments could run this way. Capitalese, capitalism has defeated socialism, the socialism of the Soviet Union. The United States could easily destroy the socialism of China. And to be honest with you, we actually put China really on call under the Trump administration. China was in big trouble under Trump. 
one of the arguments that he made about socialism that it's never been done right that the united states has to implement socialism because it's just never been done right across the world um this is a really old and it's a really tired argument because the reality is hugo chavez of venezuela said the same thing hugo chavez said that socialism in our in the history of man has never been done right and that venezuela was going to nationalize everything and do everything right how did that work do you know well we know how it worked people are eating dogs in the street right now the average citizen of venezuela has lost like 16 pounds they're starving now the government it's 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 beyond socialism it's a dictatorship social people are being are protesting left and right it's a complete tyranny and that brings up the other point socialism leads to tyranny and to suffering all socialist countries have ended up as dictatorships china the soviet union north korea cuba venezuela germany italy only any socialist country leads to a dictatorship and every socialist country leads to pain and suffering cuba a very small island killed hundreds of thousands thanks to che guevara that all these college people wear t-shirts of not the nazis killed between 12 and 16 million the Soviet Union killed about 70 million that we know about. China killed about a hundred million. They always lead to death and suffering. They always lead to um, lack of food, lack of finance, lack of lack of wealth, lack of uh, technological growth. The equity of socialism promises that everyone will be equal but what a lot of socialists don't understand is that equality is based on you're going to be poor everyone's going to be poor except the elite so why does socialism fail why does socialism fail because it ignores human the basic instinct of human being and it is that of competition why does the United States have cell phones and cars and planes and spaceships and televisions and cable? The reason we have this is because one company wants to do better than another company. And they build on each other. And there's the, the competition actually creates innovation. That's why socialism fails. It tries to snuff out man's basic instinct of competition and i told him that i said look at look at what are our favorite sports football hockey basketball the ufc human beings are hooked on sports why because human being the the basic instinct of a human being is competition and capitalism pushes competition and when you have competition against multiple uh, where multiple uh, private enterprises intermingle it creates innovation you don't have innovation in socialist countries because of the fact that competition is eliminated the government controls all and I told him that I said look at your phone look at your shirts look at your pants look at your car look at all this stuff that is all from the United States because the United States pushes this innovation, this competition that leads to innovation. He had no answer to that. He had no answer. He, matter of fact, his big answer was, well, I don't, I, I, I don't necessarily buy it. Really? You don't buy it? Well, then stop watching football. I guarantee you, you won't. And that led us to race. Because this is what where he was really going he's a black guy and i knew this is where he was heading was to race 
Capitalism was only the start. I think that's the dirty little secret when it comes to BLM and critical race theory, is that racism, racism is not the main reason for socialism. Racism is a cudgel to bring us to socialism. So people on the ground want socialism because our society is racist. But people like Patrice Quellers or Ibram X. Candy, they scream racism because they want socialism. And because they're already very high in the weeds when it comes to socialism, they know they'll be taken care of. They'll be seen as an elite. So that's what's interesting about it. But this is where the whole conversation with socialism was coming from. He wanted to go straight into race. He just didn't want to bring race right off the bat. And, but he brings up what a lot of foot soldiers of CRT say. He believes that capitalism has hurt blacks, that it doesn't help blacks, and that socialism, they will have more of a success with socialism than they did with capitalism. I told him... I told him this is completely untrue in any socialist state, including the socialists of the United States, that every socialist state had their prejudices and racism, that every, that is the same no matter where you look at it. See, here's the thing. If you believe racism is a new thing, it's been around forever. Do you believe there's been racial injustice? No, there's been racial injustice forever. It's been against everybody. Let's not forget, the South Africans right now, the South Africans, the black South Africans are killing the white South, the white South Africans right now. There is a borderline genocide happening in South Africa right now where they're rioting and they're basically attacking all the white people. Is it justified? You can understand it because you had apartheid down there. But this is a thing, and that this is happening. But I also told the United States, the socialists of the United States, the Woodrow Wilson socialists, the FDR socialists, uh, Mary Sanger, Mary Sanger, the the founder of Planned Parenthood. They all believed in eugenics. They all believed in the perfect race. They all believed in a utopian society that could be uh, got gotten through socialism. And they were ready to kill people because of it. Mary Sanger, and this is something a lot of people probably don't know. They need to read her books. But Mary Sanger actually built Planned Parenthood locations in uh, area stores to fronts in black neighborhoods because she believed blacks were inferior to whites. And she actually talked about that in her book. She She's a little bit crazy compared to the other socialists. But the United States socialists practiced eugenics for about 15 20 years they believed it was justified china china's killing the uyghurs china's also killed the christians china's killing the uyghurs now uyghurs are muslim chinese so they're committing genocide right now the nazis killed the jews and then they didn't stop they committed genocide against the jews they didn't stop with the jews then they went after all religions eventually the Soviet Union attacked the Ukrainians. Now they threw everyone into the, anyone into the gulags. But the reality of the matter is, if you knew a Ukrainian, you were probably going to get stuck in a gulag. They hated the Ukrainians. They still do. Cuba, anybody who was gay, any blacks, and anybody who was an artist, an artist was seen, an artist, which means musician, poet, writer. Those guys were seen by Che Guevara, the guy that everyone seems to love, as a, a gay person. And they actually had, they had Soviet-style gulags and execution lines in Cuba run by Che Guevara. Che Guevara used to watch over all of the, all of the, um, assassinations and the prisons anyone who believes that socialism doesn't have any history of genocide is insane they do have a history of genocide if they don't like and this is the problem with the utopian experience the utopian experience cannot have anybody who's different they all must be one race 
they all must be one creed. I said that I had some major advantages because of my white, and so did my family. Now, this is where he began to back down a little bit because I said that's rather insulting to tell me I'm that all my accomplishments are because I'm white. But he didn't back down. He said, well, yeah, that's exactly. So I, none of it had to do with anything about me working hard or making good decisions in my life. It's all because I'm white. And then he kind of backed down a little bit. He said, well, there is some, but you just had an easier time about it. So I asked Ralph, why are you successful? How have you accomplished anything? He told me he was able to accomplish because he had to work harder because he was black. I told him, you worked hard, but I'm white. That's your, that's your, your reasoning? You worked hard, but I'm white. Could it be that we both worked hard? I'll tell you, I think it's easier to get a job as a black man today because of CRT and BLM. I think it's a lot easier to get a job as a black man today than it is as a white man today. So I, I told him that, and he didn't really respond with that. I know that's kind of a controversial statement. I also, I also want to know if I was so destined for success because of my I'm white. Why is Jeff Bezos so much richer than I am? And this where this is where the dumbest comment in the world came from. Well, because you're not completely white. You're not absolutely white. And I I, I I don't think Ralph actually even said this. I think this might have been Jose. I said, no, I'm I'm as white as it gets. I've got taken a DNA test. I do not get any whiter than I already am. I'm completely 100% European. There's no African. There's no... I mean, I'm all over Europe. I'm everywhere from England, Ireland, Scotland, Russia. I'm everywhere. But I'm white. But you see how you see how insane they can get. Even they have to even my lack of success to the level of Jeff Bezos is got to be attributed to my something wrong in my race. And of course, I should have brought this up, but I didn't. What about Oprah Winfrey? Oprah Winfrey is the richest woman in the world, and she's very black. No white in her. Then I dropped I, I dropped a bomb on him. I asked him if he thought blacks hold a moral high ground and only whites can be racist. And he said yes. He said both. Only whites could be racist because whites had the power. That is the typical critical race theory statement. Whites hold the power, therefore they can only be racist. And... Um, Yes, he believed that blacks held the moral high ground. So I asked him, isn't that a racist belief? He said no, he did not have the power as a black man in society. So that's not racist. And I said, so you think you have the moral high ground, but you think you have the moral high ground because you're black and I, I cannot hold it because I'm white. Yes. Then I had him cornered. Well... That's racist. I said, when you think that you hold power over another group or you hold authority over another group simply by their skin color, their creed, their sex, their gender, whatever, that's racism. Whites said the same thing way back. Whites said the same thing. They didn't believe blacks were equal to them. They believed blacks were less than they were. And they believed it because they were black. They believed they were animals. And then when you sit there and say, well, are you a racist? The answer would be, well, no, I'm not a racist because it's true. It's science. You hear that? The science garbage? They used to believe that. That's what, that's what Mary Singer used to say when she was justifying eugenics and abortion. Is that it's not that... Um, it's bad. It's that this just the science that these people are ruining our society. He's doing the same thing. You are basing that you're right. I'm wrong. And you're right because of the color of your skin. And I'm wrong because of the color of your, my skin. And he's got the moral high ground because of the color of his skin. That's racism.
and he had very little to answer when they came to that. But he wasn't going to give up. So he pointed out that, hey, you know something? As a white person, my family had slaves, so therefore I could understand. I could not understand what it was like to be in his shoes. This was something, I, I think, I, I thought this was a horrid argument. But I told him, I said, a bunch of problems. You have a bunch of problems here. And I, I told him, this proves my point, that you're a racist. I said, um, first off, you're assuming that my family held slaves because they were white. Quite to the contrary. My family wasn't in the United States at the time, so we never actually owned slaves. We were in cities. They came in the 40s. And when they left Germany, my grandmother was actually a servant in Germany. She was not a, she was not a rich woman. So what he just did is he assumed because I'm white and my family was white, we own slaves. That's a prejudgment. That's a prejudice. Even if my family did own slaves, which they didn't, which... What does that have anything to do with me? Kamala Harris's family owns slaves. She's vice president now, and she's heavily supported by the black community, sort of. Why did sins of the past on my family make me believe that I thought slavery is okay? How do I get put into that bubble? Well, it's because it's the assumption that if he had, if uh, my family owned slavery, I believed in what my family thought. I, I had those beliefs that slavery was okay of black people, and I had that beliefs about black people. Well, no, I never did. And that's a prejudice to believe that. And that's also sticking people into a big group instead of looking at individuals, which is, I think, a terrible thing to do. And then I asked him another question, just that was based on all that. Did he wasn't an old guy? He was not an old guy. So I asked him, um, did you live through Jim Crow? Crow? He said, no, no. Did you live through slavery? No, no. He said he thought he he had family that might have been slaves. And I said, well, that's fine, but that still doesn't change. Did you live through that? How would you know anything about this stuff? Now, we do get into slavery in a second, because this is what it really comes down to, is slavery. Uh, racism is still a thing. You know why it always comes down to slavery? Because there really isn't racism in the, war, in, the, in the country. I mean, there's some racism, but it's not an epidemic like they like to make, out, make it out. So, I told him, you, you're a racist. You are basing all of your assumptions. All of your assumptions, which are prejudices, are, create, are making it so that you are on the moral high ground over me because of your black. I said, you assume the system is always in my favor. That's a prejudice. You assume that my career was easier to achieve because I'm white. Because I, I adhere to the system. That's a prejudice. You assume my family were slave holders. That's because they're white. That's a prejudice. You assume it was okay for my family. You assume it was I was okay with my family holding slaves because I'm white. That's a prejudice. All my prejudice made you determine you had the moral high ground. That's racism. I think I KO'd Ralph there. Um, he had... No direct answer. That, that's what's interesting. He didn't even deny it. I uh, He just kind of, okay, maybe. But that's why I like debating Ralph. He is very reasonable. He, he, even though he is a, he is a, a BLM CRT leftist, he is not so bad that he will actually lose his stuff when he's losing a fight. He will actually learn some things. Most Yeah, most BLM folk will actually fight to the death on this whole thing. I was going to bring up our talk about slavery, but I decided I'm not going to because his arguments on slavery were just terrible. 
and he tried to apply modern day slavery to today, maybe I'll write that out and I'll put it on the website because I, I actually am writing this. So I, I don't talk about it. When we got to slavery, he actually walked away. And then Jose was talking more about slavery. But with slavery, Jose was mostly arguing that the United States doesn't acknowledge that we had slavery. And that's just not a thing. We, we've always acknowledged we had slavery. I was taught slavery. I was taught a lot about slavery. I was taught about what they did. I saw roots in the 70s. I mean, that doesn't mean I know slavery, but I'm saying I, I, I did know we had slavery. I know how long we had slavery. I know when it started. I learned the history. I learned the horrid things that happened during slavery. So to sit back and say the United States doesn't know anything about slavery, and you got to understand, I also know that it, it's been, you're talking 400 years? We, we treated blacks terribly? totally get that makes absolute sense but it's insane to sit back and think that no one acknowledges it we acknowledge it constantly but one thing one thing i do see is these guys always do the same thing it makes it that's why it makes it so easy to debate someone who believes in critical race theory and blm they always do the same thing and i've never lost a fight i never lost a debate yet because all i do is I just throw things out. A lot of it, these podcasts and my book and everything, it, it helps me know statistics and know what's going on. Here, I have a, but I do have a pet peeve. And this is stuff they do all the freaking time. Never base an argument or a philosophy on a lie. I think you've heard me say this a couple of hundred times. But here's the problem. A lot of the time, these arguments are based on untruths, exaggerations, or just flat-out lies. Now, mind you, don't take me wrong here. I don't think Ralph was actually lying to me. I think he actually believes this stuff. But he, he couldn't deny any of the stats. Well, no, I take it back. He did deny every, every stat I said. For example, in, 19, in, 19, in uh, 2019, only 234 black men were killed by police for the entire year. He said, no, that can't be true. I said, type in how many black men died. In, how many black men were killed by police on your cell phone right now in 2019? It's going to be your first deal. It's going to come up DOJ.gov or Statista.gov. He won't do it. He said that police were only reason there was police in the United States is because they were chasing slaves. I said, that's, that's, that's an insane statement you're just saying. That's not true. Yes, it is true. Socrates, Plato talked about the police in the Republic. There have always been police. The Sheriff of Nottingham, there wasn't even a United States when that book was written. What are you talking about? There have been police throughout history. But that's what Ralph did. He just kept denying the statistics. He kept denying what it was. He didn't buy anything. Whenever I threw a stat at him, and he could see if I was lying by just typing it in his phone. And then he would just change the subject. When it got to the point where, you know, if you don't believe me, you can look it up, or he couldn't argue with it, he would simply just change the subject and move on to something else. Whenever Ralph decided to sit back and tell me no this wasn't true i basically said then there's no point in debating because you're not going to listen to facts you're not going to listen to facts and you've got an entire world of information on the internet you could look up right on your phone right now to prove i'm right when we talked about nicole Anna, hannah's uh hannah jones 1619 project he said that's when slavery started in the United States. Now, I did point out that there was no United States in 1619. I also pointed out that those people that were brought over were slave, were not slaves. They were indentured servants. All of them were released within 20 years, and most of them ended up with land and slaves. I said there seems to be this thought that blacks came to America and didn't own slaves. Chattel slavery really didn't start until the 1700s. Because the Puritans and a lot of those guys did not believe in slavery. The Spanish didn't. They did not believe in slavery. 
so they would bring over indentured servants. By the way, indentured servitude was slavery. But most Irish, Germans, British, they came to the United States as indentured servants. They went through the same thing. It had nothing to do with race. He said, no, that wasn't true. I was like, dude, I don't know what to tell you. Nicole Hannah-Jones' 1619 Project was debunked, literally, uh, article from article by historians. Well, yeah, but, okay, well, there you go. We have nothing to argue. If you, got, if you believe one thing, I, I can't argue that. I can't argue against, the, against something that's just not true. I didn't call it a lie. I just can't argue against something that's not true. When I told him that, you know, the slave, the slave triangle was the chieftains in Africa, in African tribes, black chieftains, used to sell their slaves for guns and for gold and for things uh, that they needed in their tribes. He didn't believe that. Dude, we've got nothing to argue. I, it, 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 this is the problem. If you're not going to believe anything, the debate's over. You might as well just not bring it up anymore. It was the same thing when we talked about the rich not paying their taxes. This is one of the first arguments he had with capitalism. Is that, well, the rich don't don't pay their taxes. Yeah, they do. They pay most taxes. The top 1% pays something like 40% of all net taxes collected in the United States. No, that's not true. Yes, it is. And the top 25% pay pretty much 97, 98% of all taxes, net taxes in the country. Well, I pay taxes, yes, and you get a lot back, too. It's the truth. And you know something? It's not hard to look that up. And he just doesn't want to look it up. He's ignoring the statistics. He's ignoring the facts. How do you debate this? When I tell him that in Africa today, because one of the things he said was how great Africa was, Africa was a much better country than the United States, this was part of the slave, slavery thing. I said, Africa is a landmass called a continent. Name a state, name a country in Africa you'd rather live in than the United States. Then I started listing off countries in Africa that I knew of that I could remember. None of them would even near compare to the United States as far as standard of living, cost of living, poverty, uh, food loss. I mean, Ethiopia, Somalia, these people are starving. Saudi Arabia, rights, human rights, none of them hold a candle to the United States. And so when I started li listing off countries, this is probably the part that I, that I, um, this is the part that I skipped because I thought it was just getting too long. He would not acknowledge that the United States was better than any of these countries. Now, he didn't deny it either. So let's give him that. Okay. But but the thing is, that's the point. If you're not going to, there's debates over. If you're going to sit back and tell me Somalia is better than the United States, we're going to have a problem. I, I disagree with you 100%. 120%. And that's physically impossible. So you know I disagree with you. Now, I did, I did learn some stuff. Um... This was a very mellow debate, and I always learn things when I debate. Um, and m mostly I got some things confirmed. Philosophy based on lies will always fail, and all you have to do is point, it, not point out their lies, just point out they're wrong. And luckily, we have, if you are prepared for a debate, don't only bring up statistics you know. Don't bring up, and statistics you can prove on a phone. And phones are wonderful devices. Hey, you don't believe me? You don't believe 234 black men were killed in 2019 by police and only eight were unarmed? Okay, well then let's look it up. It's on the phone. I, we've got the phone right here. We can look it up. Just Google it. And they, they, they'll never do that. They'll never do that. And it's great. And that will take you away from that debate. Logic without statistics is also very good. Logically, you can destroy leftist philosophy. You don't need statistics. For example, when we're saying that critical race theory is actually racist, racism, reverse racism, blacks hate whites, all you have to do is logically bring it up, and that's it. That's one of the reasons why I think it's great to read 
um, uh, Ibram X. Kendi's How to Be an Anti-Racist, or read, um, uh, what's her name, D'Angelo, whatever her name is. Because their philosophy is so illogical. It's really illogical. And it's all racist. But it's not about change. It's not about race. It's really about changing capitalism. That's really what those books are about. Accurate history presented to a leftist will always be disregarded. They will always say socialism is great. They will always say that social that even though every country has failed, it's because it's been done incorrectly, and the United States can um, can uh, make it do it correctly and make it in, make us into a utopia. That's really what they look for. And I like to bring up the term utopia. You want a utopia. You're not going to have utopia in a mixed race country. It's impossible. We're always going to, and I told him that, you're, you're, you're never going to have a utopia in a mixed race society. That's why most socialist societies end up totalitarian and try and kill a certain group. That's what they do. And, of course, history of slavery. This is what the 1619 Project did, which was kind of disgusting. The 1619 Project actually, and Nicole Hannah-Jones admitted she did this. It was not about accuracy of history. It was about sending the message. In other words, Nicole Hannah-Jones basically changed the history to make her message stand out. This is why I always encourage people, read the 1619 Project. Read How to Be an Anti-Racist. Read these books. <coughs> read um, uh, uh, What's-Her-Name's books, Planned Parenthood Gal, um, Sanger, Margaret Sanger. Read her books. It's twisted. They're twisted. They're ra I mean, in Ibram X. Kendi's book, he says the only way to make up for discrimination in the past is discrimination in the present and the future. He says this. He is open that he's a racist. And he's acknowledging he's a racist, and it's okay. He acknowledged it in the introduction of his book. The other thing I learned to do, and this is not just this debate, though I did it quite a bit in this debate, try to give a little bit. You don't have to give everything. For example, the United States is an evil country. I won't give that the United States is an evil country. I will, I, I, most debaters will sit back and say, no, it's the greatest country in the world. Well, yeah, two things can be wrong at, right at once. Um, no, the United States has done some evil things. But what country hasn't? If you can show me a country, Mexico, because that's where El Jose was from. Mexico? Not an evil, uh, never done anything evil? Would you say Mexico's an evil country? Well, no. Well, would you say they've done evil things? Well, yeah. Well, why can't the United States? Why isn't Mexico being condemned as a just an absolute evil country? Why is only the United States? Yes, we've done evil things. Every country's done evil things. Give a little bit. Never, never sit back. And sometimes know when to call it. Like when I when he started he started talking about um, things that just weren't true. For example, well, my, my family is white, so therefore we own slaves. Well, that's not true. Well, yeah, it's tr of course it's true, because that's what happens with white people. Okay, um, debate over. And you know what? He'll come back. He'll come back. The kicker is never to get angry, never to get frustrated. Just, okay, know when the debate's over, when you get to a point where the debate is so off the rails where he's now calling you a racist, he's calling you a slave owner, there's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to go but down and into a fight, and I'd rather not go. I'd rather say, well, my family didn't, and uh, what you're saying is insulting, so, you know, we have nothing to debate here. You know, if you're going to base, you know, I don't, you don't say, you know, one of the things I wanted to say is, okay, you're going to base your argument on an absolute lie? Yeah, we're going to have a problem. No, I didn't say that. I just said, okay, debate over. All right, I hope you enjoyed this. I had a lot of fun with it. This was, and I will, I'll tell you, when I do these podcasts, I hope people like them. I hope people listen, but the reality is I do them for me. 
I do them to improve myself. And I like rambling. I'm sure this is very difficult because, yes, I took some notes on it, but I, I didn't script it. I just kind of talking off the top of my head. And trust me, the debate went on for like three hours. So we were talking, we talked a ton of slavery, which I didn't bring up because we're already running close to an hour. I just had fun with it. I thought it'd be, it'd be great to talk about this so you can see how I debate somebody. Maybe you found some things that I did wrong. That's great. You might want to just bring it up, make a comment or something. And maybe you learn something, especially when debating families. Because like I said in the beginning, I do not believe not debating families is a good idea. I don't believe that. Wrong is wrong. And if that family member is going to get so upset that they're never going to want to talk to you again, that person's not really family anyway. And so I never bring up debates, but when someone says something that I think is kind of out there, I, I'll, I'll make a statement. And here's the other thing, never back down. Never back down. We have half our family are socialists. My family, my family. This is Josie's family, but half of my family, they're socialists. They're left-wingers. They teach, which is really disturbing. And I see it, and I see it with their kids. That their kids, well, I won't argue with you. There was one of one of my family actually told me, he was some 19-year-old, 20-year-old, just got a college degree, which is like, so what? Was telling me, well, I couldn't argue with the environment because you're, because you're old and you don't have to deal with it. It's like, um, so A, you're an ageist. B, that's the problem with leftism. When you guys don't stop arguing, when you guys stop listening to reason, that's where you guys have a problem. You'll only listen to what goes with your narrative. And that's why we can't argue with you. That's why we just give up arguing with you. I said, that's a very piss poor way to be, especially in, in, in the future when you're actually going to have to argue with somebody. You're not going to be able to do it because you've had no practice. So go ahead, live your life dreaming of things. I even had to tell that kid, you know something? Um, you, what you're saying about the environment is contrary to what the two Nobel Prize winning econ uh, environmental con uh, economists said in um, 2018. They won the Nobel Prize, which is a leftist organization. So obviously they were right somewhere. But if I, you can't argue, you can't argue. Okay, I hope you guys have a great weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics.